Hey guys, welcome back to the Phil Krause Survival Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Now we get to be stupid. I know. And this is uh, stupid co-host, Kurt. <laughs> welcome, Kurt. Damn it. How are you doing today, Have man? you been doing podcasts without me? I do. Secretly in my bedroom, I record <laughs> podcasts without you. But it's good to be back with Phil Krause Survival on a podcast because we get to vent a lot. Yeah. Dude, so what's we, going on? It's, there's a lot of We just flew stuff. back in today. Well, we went to LA. We went to, yeah, no. No, I mean, not. not, not <laughs> this month we've been we? busy, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, we, we since the podcast, we haven't done a podcast since LA. That's true. Because you've been shamming. You haven't been giving <laughs> yeah. your maximum potential. Yeah. Um, but yeah, got back from LA. Awesome seminar that we did. That's right. Um, not to float around boats, but. but uh, it was a good one. It was a good turnout, man. Yeah, it was good. Um, what else? We went to... Where yeah, were we so we at? did med in LA. So we did the the, uh, the survival seminar. We did a med trauma med class. Damn, we went to Cali too? Came back, yeah, came back from that. Oh! Did work at the office, then turned right back around, went to Central <laughs> California, taught pistol and rifle gunfighter courses. And Our life is survival. Yeah, it is. We're surviving. <laughs> uh, traveling and... All kinds well, of we stuff. Get, went to get on a plane, so we go to fly out of uh, Phoenix. Phoenix from Cali, right? That was from Cali, right? No, it was from. Uh, wait, which thing are you <laughs> going to talk about? I don't even no, know. <laughs> just recently, or the the plane delay. Yeah, it was Phoenix, but out of Cali, we flew from Cali. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> TBI. Get, I'm having a TBI moment, guys. Sorry. All right, so yeah, we flew into Phoenix. <laughs> We get to, we get to get on a plane. They make us get on the plane, and they're like, "Yeah, you got to get off." Well, we were comfortable too. I was super like, comfortable. Forty five minute flight back. You home. just pooped. Yeah. You took an airplane poop. Oh, dude, don't even. <laughs> I, I got so much dirt on oh, you from man. this bowel uh, movement. Cabbage, bro. <laughs> so then, <laughs> hey everybody, Mike likes cabbage, uh, carne asada tacos with cabbage. My stomach doesn't like cabbage. Yeah. Um, oh, I was surviving. Oh, believe me, I know. I know. I'm pretty sure we mean? had to throw a thermite in the rental car. <laughs> we, burned the, we burned the rental car to the ground because it wasn't salvageable. Yeah. Um, and then we get on a plane and they kick us off because they say that the airport in Durango was shut down because of snow. Oh, I thought it's because your diaper was leaking. <laughs> Can we get off my diaper? Oh. oh, guys, it's weird being the two I see in Philcraft Survival when you have to change your boss's diaper Bro, prior to flying. It's, it's a it's a boxer brief, okay? <laughs> it's just got extra padding. Can you hold my ankles up while you wipe me? It's no big deal, what? man. I would do it for you. God. Remember I was doing it for you when you were in the army? Yeah. Um, I think it was at that point I asked for a raise. Yeah, absolutely. And you got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. And then we, we hung out in Arizona, which is cool. Cause we did. Yeah, we got laid over, and we hung out in Phoenix and uh, did some work on some upcoming – for some upcoming, upcoming projects. <laughs> upcoming. Yeah, not upcoming. Um, we got to meet Travis Haley, which was cool. We did. That was good. Yeah, Travis Haley, if you guys don't know, owns Haley Strategic. That's right. And um, uh, he's in Scottsdale. His pro shop and office and everything is in Scottsdale, but he's doing stuff with D – Seven, what's the lab called? Oh yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. D7. Basically, he's got yeah, like a nomenclature for. It. I don't remember exactly what yeah. it is, but they, they focus on neuroscience, psychology, right. and the implementation of yeah, you know, physiological responses and stress and everything else. It was absolutely fascinating. Um, yeah, what cool. I've realized about Travis is he's a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> and uh, you were like, Ugh, I'm fuck. dumb. 
Damn um, it. But yeah, he has a whole... I was like, yeah. finally, somebody that's on par with me. I was like, yeah. excited. <laughs> <laughs> finally, somebody who's a phenom, just Jeez, like myself. yeah. Walking, walking three days Whoa. old. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. No, it was good. We learned a lot. Yeah, it, it was, was cool. interesting, and it was a good... Uh, I think it was... You know, in the military, we used to have these things where you did like this professional development session. And was we, it called sergeant's time? Well, yeah, kind of. But even, but even, you know, the sergeant major, the company sergeant major used to do it, like where he was going to professionally develop the senior <laughs> NCOs. Oh, that and, shit. But it, what was cool in the army, it used to kind of be a running joke that you didn't really get a lot out of those. And it was just kind of like you were fucking off and you're like, fuck, man, the sergeant major wants us to come to this stupid thing. Oh, it was horrible. But that was actually a good professional development. Session. I mean, it was cool. Yeah, it was squared away. No, I mean with Travis. Oh, with Travis. Yeah, the yeah. civilian PD is actually interesting. Well, you know what, what, I've been, what I've noticed about us recently is like, whether it's hanging out with Jared, Kim, or Will Harbin, or you know even Scott and all these guys. It's like, I like being around dudes that run big business and, yeah. and picking their brains. Yeah. I'm fascinated by it. Yeah, it's interesting. And there, there's a lot of commonalities between, well, even though like, for example, you look at yourself you look at me and what we're doing now and all the things that we did in the military but there's a lot of common characteristics i guess across different genres of what people do but they're in leadership positions and they're managing companies and they're doing all this stuff and it it's just interesting to me to see that there's people on the outside that are like us which is cool yeah i like that i think it's uh, it's very interesting it's cool to see also Guys from the community, the special operations community, yeah. being successful. Right. And, you know, like, like Travis was saying and how we, you know, we agree in the sentiment that um, we could be our own worst enemies. Oh, absolutely. Because we're fucking predators. And, yeah. Um, you know, we could, we could eat our own. And the fact that we're building rapport, partnerships, you know, and working with other like-minded guys who grew up in special operations, it's important. You know, yeah. Travis is a former... Force recon guy and contractor, and I I just I want to keep doing stuff like that. Man. Yeah, it's cool. I, it, that was an interesting conversation. We we had talked a lot about how when the community of guys that we came from leave and they go out on this entrepreneurial path, a lot of them stay in the tactical side, and so they're constantly. It ends up that they're sometimes competing against each other for business and doing all this stuff. But I think the funny thing is, is it's such a short sighted. Uh, narrow focus on uh, what you know, what maybe business people would consider the market or their own individual capability, what they're capable yeah. of. No, well, yeah, that's a whole. They narrow their own focus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they don't give themselves enough credit for being able to do a lot of different things in the business space. Yeah, kind of devaluing themselves, not even realizing it. Right, you know, they don't yeah. know what their own worth. Yeah, and I'll tell you guys, in the tactical space, you're worth a lot, man. You're <laughs> worth a lot. Um, what else, man? Uh, so this this shooting that took place uh, in Florida, yeah, seventeen kids and teachers right. murdered by some fucking loser, yeah, that decides he wants to go into a school and kill some kids because he's a fucking pussy. If I was a cop and knew that dude was the dude, he'd be fucking dead. That's why I couldn't be a cop. I would shoot that dude in his fucking face. <laughs> that shit aggravates me, man. I, I this whole like passive shit that we do, like the the justice system. This motherfucker just killed kids. Yeah. Like what justice system? Let's let's say the taxpayers' money. Let's say the the parents of the of the uh, children, the fucking heartache 
55 cent nine mil round. Fucking end it. That shit aggravates the fuck out of me, man. Yeah, it's pretty sad. This is why we keep talking about uh, being prepared because we live in a world that is full of, you know, unfortunately, people that are becoming adults and it's been happening throughout history, right? But we're seeing an influx in this stuff and, you know, whether it's, uh, whether you want to lend it, lend it to societal changes in the sense of fathers not being around or, you know, family units being broken up or whatever, the bottom line is it's going to keep happening. And if you're not prepared to deal with that kind of stuff, you're going to be at a disadvantage, which is why we keep telling people, buy a tourniquet, train with a firearm, be prepared, understand how to use your vehicle, understand how to pack it out. I mean, every single thing that we cover um, is, uh, again, we're not teaching because it, we're, be afraid. Don't be afraid, be prepared because crazy shit is happening. And if you're not prepared, uh, you're going to be, you know, Mike always talks about percentages of people surviving and, you know, and I'm always harping on, you're only, you're not going to rise to the occasion. You're going to rise your level of training. Um, you got to be prepared. Uh, one thing, two observations that just popped in my mind. One, we were at the airport, right? We're dropping off guns. Yeah. And I remember we opened, like we, me and Kurt obviously travel with guns and firearms and we opened the case, I think it was at Phoenix this morning. Oh, the lady that screamed? Well, just everybody, yeah. <laughs> we opened the case and everybody's like, oh, guns. And so, you know, that's one observation. But it's, this ties into an observation that I had when I was in the infantry. I used to work a part-time job uh, delivering bodies for a, a funeral home, <laughs> which is very interesting, which has a, a million stories in itself. Um, some crazy shit, some funny shit, some weird I've shit. I've seen some of your selfies from that job that they were weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You had like an arm around you. Like... Me and old Clint. Um, going right, to the... We're kidding. Yeah, just we're joking. totally kidding. Yeah, dead people isn't funny um, sometimes. So we... What, an observation that ties into this, it's the same exact psychology of people who don't want to know or understand that death is a process of life. Yeah. Like death is the end state of life and it's part of the process. It's going to happen. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's not if, it's when, right? Yeah. It's an eventuality. When your time is up, whether you believe in God, you know, your spirituality, Scientology, whatever it is, it is a significant and impactful thing that happens in a, in a life um, lived. Well, what I've noticed is when I used to deliver these bodies or pick them up from car accidents from people, you know, they passed away in hospices or retirement homes. Yeah. People were very like, like I, they looked at me like I was like death. Like I, you know, I was coming in with a sickle and take <laughs> the dark angel taking their, their, I'm sorry. Uh, this is like away. a morbid conversation. It is. I'm like finding humor. It's oh, because you, you get the visualization of me like floating <laughs> into a room, an yeah. Asian kid. Yeah. 19 years old. Like who the hell is this dude? With a black hood on. Look like, like Bruce. Why is Bruce Lee coming to pick him up? <laughs> So I, I, I would come and I remember like people did not want to be in like people when people die, they want to believe it's not going to happen to them. Yeah. So it's this unrealistic, um, really it's this complacency that we build in ourselves yeah. and our habits, not wanting to understand the realities of life. Yeah. One reality that we preach is that you are your own first response and that you are your own family's first response because the average, you know, the average time for somebody to respond first responder wise in America is 12 minutes right? yeah. around that. That's an average. It's an average. Yeah. Depending on where you live. And then 
um, the average active shooting at last for around the same time. Yeah. So, you know, statistically, if you just look at that. Or even shorter. Or even shorter. Yeah. I mean, typically these things are going on in a 15-minute time span or less. Which tells us that you are you are your own first response. Yeah. And so it's not a knock against first responders. That's the reality. Yeah. The reality is you get in a car accident and you're bleeding out of your femoral. If you're not prepared to save your own life, you'll die in your car in a minor traffic accident. Yeah. That just become really, really major because you just died in an accident that you could have saved your life. Could have been prevented. Yeah. I mean, yeah, could have been prevented with, with preparation. With a tourniquet. With a, with a $20 <laughs> tourniquet. Yeah. People go to Starbucks and buy $20 worth of breakfast sandwiches How and lattes. How dare you attack Starbucks? You know I, I love, own I, stock I, in Starbucks. I love I'm Starbucks. I'm kidding. <laughs> I love Starbucks. I don't have stock in Starbucks. I wish I did. Yeah. But, um, but we should. Because we, should. We, we like our lattes and our reduced fat turkey egg sandwiches. They're delicious. <laughs> but if you have... The croissant one's really good. Ooh, it's flaky. All right, all right. So if... <laughs> If you own stock in tourniquets, you would fail. It would be a bad business decision. You know why? Because the world in which we live lives in complacency. Yeah. We don't want to deal with reality. We want everything to be um, this fluffy, white, beautiful, Pleasantville, yeah. whatever. Right? And we don't want to live in reality. And that's it's a shame. Well, I think you can still live from a position of positivity, but you need to be a realist about life. And the realism of life today in the United States of America and all over the world, really, is that, and it, it's really no different than it has been, but bad things happen and either you're going to be trained and prepared or you're not going to be. But understand that either way, you have to deal with the consequences of that. Yeah. You know how many people reach, we offered, just like a whole bunch of people in special operations, offered to do free training for LA. Yeah. Five people reached out to us. Five. Right. The majority that reached out to us were scared of the retribution by the superintendents and the politicians involved with their school that would think it's, it's uh, the bad timing. It's oh, bad yeah, timing. Yeah. Or well, it's, that was, yeah, yeah. It's not right. That the, was after, the one, I remember you did that. Yeah. We, after one of these school shootings. Well, I did it this last one too. Yeah. Those, I think people are listening though because I read uh, the majority of those emails and I've actually responded to those and we're... We're figuring out how we can um, get out to those locations. Well, Texas, Florida, they're, they're right. working with There's a couple. Northeast, yeah. The Northeast is also looking at it as well. But the funny thing is, is that I think most of them have been private schools. Yeah. It's like the pu- – because there's like this bureaucracy that governs the public education system, it's like they fail to realize what the threat is or how to mitigate it yeah. because of politics. Yeah. And that's fucking crap. Well, they don't want to they don't want to look like idiots because they're afraid they, they want to get reelected. So they're afraid if they right. send out permission slips to all the kids yeah. where they're talking about guns in the same sentence they're talking about kids, yeah. that it's going to be looked upon as this like negative. This yeah. conservative mo- gun movement right. that is 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 uh, harming our children. Yeah. Well, you know what would be what would not be harming? Is if one of those teachers had a concealed carry and carried anyway because he he de- he was defending his own individual rights to be armed? Yeah. And he shot that fucking idiot in his face. Yeah. How about them apples? Which would have been bad. That would have been awesome. Yeah, um, they probably put him, put him in prison. Actually, speaking about all this, we were we were on uh, the shuttle on the way to the airport today, and we were just doing what we normally do, which is Fart. having <laughs> having a diarrhea of thoughts discussion where it just sprays everywhere. Sorry, that was a really <laughs> bad analogy, but 
uh, we were talking about if you retire from the special operations community, you know, when law enforcement folks retire, they have a CCW that's issued uh, by the state that they work in or whatever governs that, right? But you look at guys that retire from special operations. Now, granted, I have a concealed carry permit in the state of Colorado, and I understand, you know, reciprocity for that uh, concealed carry permit in the states around me. But why don't, why don't we give guys a federal uh, CCW or something like that where it's good everywhere um, based on, I mean, wouldn't you think that the guys that spent the majority of their lives doing some pretty dynamic training with firearms should be allowed to carry? I mean, just one initiative I can think of that could potentially make a difference um, in some of these places for guys to have a firearm to protect people. Imagine if you're a criminal or you're a criminal or you're a terrorist or you're a domestic terrorist, right? Yeah. And you're in a city where you know that every retired or former special operations guy can legally carry, you're probably a little less likely to do anything stupid because you don't get shot in your terrorist mouth well, yeah. by doing and, something dumb. And then the other thing is they look at soft targets. So gun-free zones, guys, I don't know if I can say this enough. A gun-free zone is fine for law-abiding citizens. Why would you bad, advertise that you're a gun-free zone? Bad guys don't care. For the love of God, bad guys don't care. Like, why would they even put that up? Yeah, I know. This is a gun-free restaurant. Well, guess well, what? Your you restaurant's more susceptible no. to getting and shot the fuck up. And this is great because a lot of people right now are being outspoken about your feelings don't outweigh, uh, you know, the capability to be able to protect our children. And so, again, it goes back to people don't want don't to process that people could use a firearm or a tool, right? Doesn't have to be a firearm, guys. It could be a fucking rider truck that drives into, uh, God forbid, a school parking lot and mows a bunch of kids down. But people don't want to accept the fact that there are bad people on this planet that are going to hurt the innocent. And they specifically look for soft targets. So what I'm saying is, is if there's a soft target, i.e. a gun-free school zone and all this different stuff... Uh, we need to be doing something to make a difference there. Like, at least be realistic about the threat. I'm not, I don't give a fuck about politics. That's not what I'm we, talking about. You, the, pe people think realistically, right? Because you're, if you're, you're a private citizen, you can get so carry. Right. If you're a teacher who has a concealed carry, you're a private citizen exercising your 2A rights, right? Your right. Second Amendment rights. Why the fuck, do you think your, your gun's going to jump out of your holster and shoot a kid in the school? Yeah. No. Yeah. Now they're talking about like, oh, well, I know the solution. Let's make a safe right. that has biometrics where there's guns and then teachers can access that. Right. You know how much time you have in an active shooting yeah. to run to a safe to get a gun? You have zero time. Yeah. I'd say it's a step in the right direction, but I don't think I don't it, give a fuck. It's, 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 I don't even think it's yeah. a step in the right direction. You know why? Because it, it's, it's, it's fucking around with children's lives. Yeah. And, 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 and the, the answer is black and white. There is no gray. You know what the answer is? Give teachers their two alpha rights because if at least if you're a teacher and you're exercising a constitutional right, you have to go get trained. Yeah, absolutely. You have to get your concealed carry. You're yeah. registered. They know who you are. And now guess what? You register it with a principal. And so now the principal could strategically locate you in the school where you need to be with a gun. Yeah. It's not going to jump out and kill a fucking kid. In fact, that gun is now the the defense mechanism, the shield that's going to protect the asshole from killing the innocent. Yeah. Like, let's get over this shit, man. It's like, it's fucking insane.
Yeah, well, it's actually sad that, you know, again, we've got to do this kind of stuff, but we're realists. Oh, so God, it's so up. fucking frustrating. Think with, about those baby fucking girls and those, and those fucking little children. That 14-year-old I just posted on Philcraft Survival? Yeah. Fucking gunned down by a fucking maniac loser. You know how to deal with maniac losers? It's not a mental health issue, right? Because you can't negate a mental health crisis. A mental health crisis is somebody doing something violent against somebody else. You can't mitigate that because it's going to happen. Right. So let's not make it an issue of mental health. Let's not make it a gun issue. If somebody's going to do damage, like Kurt said, they're going to take a truck and run over kids. Yeah. They're going to take a car and run over kids. They're going to take a, a fucking gun, a knife, whatever it is. Hell, they're going to use their bare hands. And, yeah. and how do we defend against that? That's the question. You know how you defend against that? Not by locking doors, not by hiding under desk, by taking a firearm and shooting that person in their fucking face. Yeah. I mean, it's not that hard. We were talking about it the other day. Imagine if a teacher stepped out first active shooter scenario and fucking blew some dude's head off with a 12 gauge. Exactly. Like it would like set the standard. Well, you, you know what I want people to, to like people on the, on the left side of this issue that are like, this is, this is insanity. We would, you could never arm teachers. Never do. Imagine your child was in that classroom. Yeah. Who the fuck do you want? Yeah. Do you want nobody? Do you want somebody with a gun defending your kids? What do you want? Like, I know I don't even have kids, but if I had a child, you better believe I want somebody in there defending my kid as a last resort. You know what I want? If I knew my kid was going to a school that is was negligent, would, that wouldn't even entertain the discussion of dudes who are subject matter experts to come talk about that. At a minimum, talk to the staff. Yeah. You know what I would want? I would want my kid not to go to that school. Yeah. I'm fucking homeschooling my kid. Because I don't trust any of these motherfuckers. Yeah. And and uh, we've been denied. We've been denied by schools and by churches and by whatever saying it's not the right timing. I've been there in special operations where people go, it's not the right timing because it's a political blah, 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 blah. And you know what happened? People fucking died. Yeah. So if, if it's not your loved one, it's easy to fucking be complacent. It's easy to say, well, we'll just manage it later. Well, if you have a loved one that's there or you can use your imagination, then you would go... Let's do something about this right now. Yeah. Well, it's hard for us to watch too because we know we have the capability to make a difference. So uh, it's just people are, you know, again, it digresses into politics, which always ends up being shit in the United States these days, which is just a crappy. It's, it's just, it's fucking, it's everybody's sensitive. Everybody's scared. Everybody's fucking a victim. Yeah. Get over your fucking selves. When it comes to, <laughs> I feel like this is like a 20 minute rant. Dude, it pisses me because I, you know why I get so passionate about this? Because I think about the kids who had no fighting fucking chance. Yeah. I think about the teacher who didn't know what to do. You know whose fault it was? No, it wasn't hers. You know whose fault it was? The superintendents, the yeah. policymakers, as per, because yeah. we experienced the same fucking difficulties in special operations. These policymakers that create this bureaucracy because they're not tied to the ground truth. They don't want to deal with the ground truth. Yeah. But they don't realize their decision or indecision creates mayhem on the ground. Hey, uh, one, one question I got asked was, hey, what do I tell my, my wife who's a teacher who doesn't know what to do? And, and the realization is, and we teach this in our survival seminars, is kids do not have a cognitive capability to make a decision right. in a hasty or even a deliberate uh, uh, stressful situation. Right. So they've got to lean on the adults to make those dis or give direction. And they need yeah. direction and guidance from from kit from uh, adults 
that are giving them a conditioned response, like that they've trained. Yeah. I mean, even in a stressful situation where you're like, kids, I, I want you to run and jump out of the window. Some of those kids aren't going to move. Right. They're going to be like, uh, uh, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And what do they do? Like, there's one of the videos that came out as a Snapchat of one of the kids who is recording what's happening. Yeah, he's under the desk. Right? He's under a desk recording with a phone. Yeah. Saying our school is getting shot the fuck up and he's recording people right in front of him and next door getting blazed and gunned down. Yeah. So do I blame the kid? No. What I do blame is the inability for teachers that were in certain roles to, to delegate or disseminate information to give these kids guidance in what to do. Yeah. In an active shooting situation, you need to be throwing chairs through fucking windows and these kids need to be extracting the X as fast as possible. Right. The door doesn't need to have a locking mechanism put on it. It needs to have a deadbolt or a more robust locking mechanism on the back end that can prevent an active shooter from entering the fucking room. Yeah. And the door was wide open. My, uh, one of my kids' schools, I'm not going to get into the name and everything because I don't want to, but they've got a pretty squared away CCT camera system that's monitored all the time. And the doors are controlled by the office. So literally, when the last kid goes in, it's locked. And it can't be unlocked unless it's given access by, you know, someone. So at least there's some type of security there, which makes sense to me. Yeah. Super sad, guys. Uh, not trying to be, but we're realists and we see all this shit going on. And we're going to keep pushing our message, which is to be prepared. Um, if you get the opportunity to fucking dump one of these assholes that wants to go in and do mass destruction to our children uh, or loved ones or innocent people, you need to fucking exterminate them. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, it's, uh, that's the real deal because these guys are... I don't know, man. They, I just, they don't have a place in society. That's for sure. Yeah, they don't have a place in this life. Um, what else? Well, you know, uh, Overland stuff. Is that Pearl? Just like yeah, Pearl's like, I want some too. Fuck these guys. <laughs> um, you know, we did a uh, gunfighter pistol and gunfighter carbine course, and it went really well, man. I, I think uh, we had a heavier LE class this last class. Yeah, which is good. And it's I like good. Yeah, I like shooting with LE. Um, some things that we got in the future that we're locking down actually this week is we will be at Overland West at um, Flagstaff. At Flagstaff, May 18th to the 20th, which, dude, I'm super stoked about, man. I, I'm really passionate. Uh, you know, we got Travis Hess, Mike um, Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, we got Toyodin. You're right. Um, Jaeger. Jagger. Jagger. Um, you know, and, and, it's something that we always have been passionate about because we, not even realizing it, we yeah. grew up with that in the military. That's right. what we did. Right. Mobility was, it, we were involved with everything in yeah. mobility. Well, shit. Yeah. One of my, one of my deployments was seven, eight months of living off of a vehicle That's in awesome. Afghanistan and hunting down bad guys and fighting. And I mean, it was like a really neat experience in the sense of long range mobility yeah, like uh and cool ideas that came out of that for like you know innovative stuff for the future so yeah i, I think it's the most interesting thing is we are uh narrowing some focus down on two big objectives for philcraft one of them is uh survival fit right yeah we got d underscore team philcraft and d is a yogi she's a uh a fit military spouse 
Um, and she's really motivating. She's a, she's a positive person and, you know, she's, she's, uh, going to help us with this launch. Um, she's also helping with me with like nutrition stuff and, uh, fitness stuff. Also, we have Krissa, right. Who is, uh, obviously a brand also ambassador one of for Philcraft. Yeah. Power lifters. Yep. But she's part of the whole survival fit rollout. And the premise behind survival fit, which is going to be a 90 day program. And it's, well, survival fit is a, is a genre in itself. But um, what we're doing with that is we have a breakout 90-day program called The Foundation. And The Foundation focuses on all the things that you need to be fit, to be functionally fit, uh, to be prepared to react and respond in any way, man-made natural catastrophe along the way in life. And so it's not based on aesthetic. I don't give a shit what your bicep or your abs look like in the mirror. We never had that same desire to be aesthetically pleasing to the eye when we worked out. We just are. We just are naturally. <laughs> <laughs> but what, you know, I tell people the byproduct of that is you're going to look good. Yeah. But you have to focus on elements like your habits and the actual workout routine, concentrating on pushing, pulling your body weight, uh, some core lifts, some power lifts. Um, and we're releasing that program soon, man. So I'm excited about that. And then we get the Overland stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, couple different things going on. Hey, you know, we want to do a lot of things, you know, but uh, we also are approaching this in a smart business practice where it makes sense for our clients and it makes sense for the business. So we're excited about everything that's coming up and uh, having some great conversations and meetings with other folks that are interested. And so it's going to be, it's all positive, good stuff. And the cool thing is, is it just, you know, it adds uh, a positive effect to the company. So we are rolling out uh, Philcraft Mobility at right. Philcraft Mobility is a social media uh, landing site. We decided I just decided just now in my head because <laughs> there was a debate between Philcraft Overland and Philcraft Mobility. Um, but we do we've coined EDM, so don't ever try to steal that from us because everyday well, we mobility. Be, I, I don't want to move from positions of trendiness either. You know, yeah. it's we know that the stuff that we worked on for you know twenty plus years. Um, whether it was in the military or contracting or whatever either of us have been doing, we know that those skill sets that we learned are all practical for everyone. Like everybody needs to know that information, which is why we want to share it, whether it's the podcast, whether it's uh, Instagram, whether it's things that we make um, and sell on the website, whatever it is, we know um, that it's, you know, it's all built off of practical experience. There's no theory. It's us literally delivering uh, the stuff that we've had for years. Yeah. Or making it better and making different things that we were always like, why didn't we ever have this? And so we want to make it. Absolutely. <laughs> and, I, I, you know, you, you, be prepared to see the breakouts for fitness and for overland um, for mobility uh, here in the, the near future. Right. Totally excited. Um, so excited about your build after you rolled your fucking truck. <laughs> um, what are you doing now with it, man? You sounded mad at me about it. <laughs> It was an accident. I was part of that whole process. <laughs> um, yeah, so I am starting a new build um, with a uh, off-road shop in Pagosa Springs called High Country Cruisers. Um, two good dudes, Justin, Justin and Sean. Justin's our fabricator. Sean does electrical and a bunch of other stuff. They're at Sorry, High Sean. Country Cruisers. Yeah, at right? High Country Cruisers. Um, it's a custom shop. We're building out. So I went and bought a 2015. Toyota Tacoma, I'm stoked because it's got the 4.0 V6. Last year, that motor was in it, uh, and it's noticeably faster than my 2017 Tacoma. 
Um, so we're building that out, and uh, we're going to be doing a bunch of cool stuff on it. King Suspension, CBI, CBI Off-Road um, is working with us. Toyo Tires is also a sponsor. Um, so we're doing another rig, guys. It's going to be super dope. I'm excited about it. It's going to be at Overland Expo West, um, probably at our booth, along with uh, Mike's Forerunner and some other rigs, hopefully there. And yeah, we just, I mean, this is the stuff we like to do. So stay tuned for more awesome stuff. Uh, one last thing on, uh, on what we got coming up, Outland Bound. That's uh, right. You're going to teach there, right? I'm going to do, there's a, 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 a co-brand kind of deal where two companies, Camelback and Outland Bound, are doing and hosting in April. I think it's the date's like the 21st in Austin, Texas. I'll be teaching uh, like Lost in the Dark, Land Navigation, and what was the other one? Yeah, um, you're doing like Wilderness Med. Wilderness Med, yep. Yeah, yeah. And it's all going to be on site in Austin at this big, uh, cool um, expo. So looking forward to that, man. I'm and we'll have dates for you guys on that specific date. So keep an eye on our social media. And we'll let you know when Mike's going to be out that way teaching. I'll be on another project, but uh, at some point I'll get back from that and we'll space dock. I'm looking forward <laughs> to space docking with you. Uh, what, what is Zach going to be in Cali? March so, 10th yeah. and 11th, right? Yeah, so Zach underscore Team Philcraft, who's our resident pararescueman, is going to be teaching a uh, basic trauma course today, uh, 10 and 11 March, in Ceres, California. Um, I had the opportunity to go check out the classroom that he's going to be teaching in. Um, it's in an active uh, firehouse there in the Central Valley. And uh, yeah, super squared away. Uh, very nice little uh, venue. Uh, we're looking for 20 to 25 people to sign up. And I think we are, it's already on the website. If you're interested, go to www.fieldcraftsurvival.com. And I think we're doing 275 for both days. I don't remember. Yeah, it's 275. Right, 275, and you're going to get some uh, med equipment with that, namely a cat tourniquet. So Yeah, I think it's a good deal. It's yeah. a good value. For two days of training two with days Zach, a with PJ, PJ. Yeah. yeah, it's worth it. Um, uh, I talked to one of our clients recently, and I wanted to break it out a little bit. Um, but we talked about like life lessons and kind of like dealing with toxicity. And I know we've done podcasts on that stuff, but you know, so people for – like survival is in modern survival. Me and Kurt look at it as mindset is is primarily the the resiliency that you need to build the most. Skill sets is technical skill sets is an easy breakout. Right. Right. You attend the training. You you build that those habits in your life. That's an easy breakout. But the mental breakouts are the most difficult. Right. We just did a podcast on modern mindset three six five on quitting, and we had an interesting question about the uh, uh, Navy. SEAL candidate who who quit on himself right. and how he was trying to cope with that and years what, later. what he needed to do years later, two years later. Yeah. And so I had a conversation with one of our clients that we typically do a private client work with. And it's interesting um, how she's experienced a lot of tragedies and a lot of things that she's had to tramp over. And and when I think about the difficulty, the difficulties really we all face in life, right? Your, your life, I mean, people think people are immune somehow of difficult challenges in life when the realization needs to be that everybody, no matter who you are, is significantly going through an ebb and flow of a lot of toxicity in their life. Yeah. And so it's life transcending into a conversation that I had with uh, Jared. 
And I always take, I always get tidbits of uh, a lot of knowledge from Jared because I pick his brain and I'm always looking for that little tidbit that might advance my life, just like uh, people do to me. Sure. And, you know, Jared, Jared's birthday, we went to his birthday party in San Francisco, which is really neat. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Jared, for inviting us out. Uh, he met his family and everything else, and it's no wonder why he's successful because his family is awesome and they're yeah, just squared away. Friends and family are yeah, really squared away. Really squared away, really good people. What 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 interesting thing that I broke out from that that I, I actually wrote I think in a uh, in a uh, Instagram post of this reality that the the five closest people to you in your life really determine the sum of who you are. I mean, with easy math, add up five people in your life that that are that you are the closest to, and realize that you are who you are because of those five people. No matter what you think. You are as far as individual, um, uh, how resilient you are from the toxicity. If you have five people in your life and one or two or all of them are toxic, you are yourself affected by that. I don't mean you're toxic because you could be really optimistic. I just mean that it affects who you are. And experiencing toxicity in one form or the other or even being toxic myself um, because of, you know, negative chemistry between human beings, what I've realized is, you know, I'm in a niche now where I need to look at the people that I surround myself by right. and, and really live through these people in a positive way. And that's why I'm afraid to tell you that you're fired today. <laughs> um, that was really the whole point of the story. God, I didn't want to do it publicly, yeah. but uh, I got to let you go. Oh, that sucks. Pearl just winked at me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! What's your thoughts on that? Uh, geez, I should probably pack up my desk <laughs> over there and just leave all that stuff on the desk. Yeah. That's, that's actually ours. Yeah, <laughs> me and pearls. Um, no, what do you think? It is. I mean, you know, if you haven't had the opportunity to listen on, uh, Mike had me do a podcast solo. It was the first one that I've done for Fieldcraft, and it was Modern Mindset three six five, and I address negativity. And it was really it, good, though, by the and way. And it breeds toxicity. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I never listened to it, but I heard the grapevine. <laughs> yeah. I did I, listen to it. it I got really a good. lot of really good feedback on it, which, I, hey, guys, thank you for that if you listen to it. But I really do believe that. I, you know, um, I said in that podcast, if you ever talk to any of my ex-teammates or anybody I've ever worked with, and I, I still believe I'm this way, um, I'm an extremely optimistic person because that's just how I roll. And I understand that if... I want to be a negative asshole all the time that, that, uh, that basically affects everybody around me. And so, uh, I choose to try not to be that person. You know, I'm, it's a difference between having a high standard and, and being tough on people and being negative. You know what I mean? There's so, you know, I, I think about that when I talk about it, cause I do have a high standard and sometimes I have two too high of a standard in my own home and I have to dial it back, you know, because Mike's laughing because we have conversations all the time and, uh, and I have to come in and kind of check myself, you know, and working with my kids and my wife and everything. But, you know, there's a difference between being a negative asshole all the time and dragging everybody down with you, um, and having a high standard. So understand what the difference is. Uh, but yeah, man, negativity breeds toxicity and it's crap. And if you're, in, you know, if those five people that surround you are all a bunch of shit bags, there's probably a good chance you're going to be a shit bag 
and you don't want to be a shit bag. Well, you know what I've realized, and you know this might be a question for people to ask of themselves is how do you know if you're not the one who's toxic? And what I tell people, and you know, I've always been this way. I, I learned this from my mom, right? Gossiping, right? Yeah. People gossip, right? Absolutely. I I was always taught as a kid that if you if if you receive gossip or or negative information, that if you take that information and you tell somebody else, they look, we all add our own spin, right? It's that yeah. whole like deal where you're in a group full of people and then by the time the story gets <laughs> along to you, it's like, what? This isn't even the original, like anything. Hey, did you get that chocolate strawberry? Hey, did you hear Mike put that strawberry in his ass and covered? <laughs> Wait a minute. This oh, was sorry. Yeah. I fucked that We were up. just going to eat taco strawberries. Hey, Mike, I didn't yeah. know you. Yeah. I didn't say I was putting my, well, anyways. So. When you think about that analogy, right, of chocolate strawberries and butts, if you think about that, I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about now. Sorry. Sorry. You got, yeah. I'm hungry I now. threw you off. Which is oh, weird. Oh, oh. <laughs> which, which is weird. I just stoked your appetite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So anyways, if when you, when, you, when you have that breakout and you think about the analogy of reciprocating negative information – and making it your own, right? Yeah, you're passing it on. You're passing it on. You're you're a conduit now between you conduits. bullshit. Yeah, you're conduits. <laughs> All you conduits out there. Stop being a conduit. Well, maybe that's the word where the word con comes from. That's convict, right? I don't know. I Anyways, don't know. yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So <laughs> what I mean is I I always stop negative information where it lies. If somebody's like Dude, did you see what this person said? Or did you see this post? Or did you hear? I'm like, cool, man. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I don't even want to see it. I don't care. Because I'm not interested in toxic anything. Right. I don't want it in my life. I don't even want it in my brain. I don't want to understand it. Yeah. I don't want to rationalize. I don't want to affect my demeanor and my life with somebody else's toxic bullshit. So if you're somebody who goes, you know, I'm going to get back at them or him or her. And then... You, you, which is resentment, right? Yeah. And you go out of your way to do something resentful, you're toxic. Yeah. No matter how, no, no matter how much you think you need to get back at them, if if you've created a a substance of information that's negative because you want it, you want to show them what the fuck is up. You're the toxicity yeah. because. At the end of the day, where well, you're gonna get what comes to you. Exactly. At the end of the day, it's like, what is it worth? Like, is it worth it's the, a lot of the time heartache? And energy to be a shithead? Exactly, dude. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And so, what I've realized is, you know, in checking myself before I wreck myself. Ooh. Um, I, <laughs> oh, sorry. That's the wrong song. Ice Cube it was Ice Cube song. My bad. So, uh, in checking myself. I have to be I have to be concerned with spreading that knowledge. Like if, if you give me some shit and I'm like, you know what, fuck this, and you're like, no, 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 just let that shit die on the vine, not a big deal, then I'm like, Roger, Roger, that, it makes yeah. sense to me. Which, yeah, I think I've done that before. I've, I do it with you every single day. <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. You've been getting better at it, though. Like yeah. usually you're like, I'm going to tell this motherfucker off and tell him how much he, <laughs> I'm going to kill him. I'm going to shove his... <laughs> Shove it down his throat. I never do that. Never, never. I'm, I'm like, kill him with kindness, man. Kill him with kindness, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a donut. Here's a hug. No big deal. It's gonna be cool. Um, but I like living like that, man, because I I've noticed that living like that is is um, it all comes back. Yeah. And 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 you know what you put out into the world 
uh, is what you're going to receive. That's right. Uh, so don't be putting out negative shit out in the world. If you're a yeah. scumbag, if you're that part, if you're if you're the Chuck or the Sarahs and the groups of friends, you you Not need to Sarah. realize that Sarah's cool name. I, I, Sarah is a cool name. <laughs> I actually like Sarah's. Sarah with S A R A Sarah. Ooh. Those are the toxic ones. Ouch. S A R A H Sarahs are cool. The, the silent H on the end. <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> Sarah. Oh, God. No. No 80s break. What else, man? What else we got going on? I can't. I have nothing else to say after that, that 80s breakout. Sarah. We're sitting good on time, too. I think that was a good one. So we kind of freaked out a little bit. and uh, Well, I get angry, man. Yeah, I, I get know. passionate. It's cool. Some people, most people in my life call it anger. I call it passion. At least... Yeah, at least there's some there's a driving force behind what we do, right? So yeah, <laughs> the the at the end of the day, the lessons learned from this podcast: if you're a shitbag named Sarah or Chuck, <laughs> go fuck yourself, dude. We're gonna get so. If you're a terrorist, if you're a terrorist, honestly, dude, like these toxic people in the world, like that's the right end of it, right? They need to be dealt with, man. And like Kurt said, the 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 deal with. Is not complacency is preparedness. Yeah, I mean it's really it's not only easy but it's 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 actually fun to get prepared to build that confidence and realism. Yeah, you know which is cool. I went over tourniquets with my fifteen year old uh, right before we flew to California this weekend, and she's and like, "I need to get faster, right?" She's yeah, like, she was like, you know, motivated. She, yeah, she was. She had a good time, and you know, I was training her. Um, on major bleeds, arterial bleeds, you know, in the legs and the arms. And I was, you know, I was her casualty and I'm like, Hey, you know, I just threw the tourniquet at her and I said, go put it on. And so we were working through some of that stuff, but I think it actually gave her, um, a certain amount of confidence. Like, Hey, look, I'm not making my kid a paramedic, but we had a real descriptive, uh, talk about if something happens, and you need to treat somebody, this is how you're going to do it. And so those are, I think, the small steps that should be happening in every household um, because I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm doing it too because I think it's important um, to be the difference, right? It could be the difference. It really could be the difference of whether or not your child lives or dies or whether or not you live or die. Um, but I know this, you know, you've got to prepare for something like that happening. And if you don't, you're at a disadvantage. I mean, that's just a fact. Yeah. I want to apologize for my cussing and my rants. Um, I'm a little passionate, <laughs> you know. I feel <laughs> I had three cups of coffee. Actually, guys, we're a little bit we're I think we're a little bit tired. I feel like yeah. I, I feel like even like we got excited. We're all over this emotional scale because we're yeah. sleep depth a little bit well, right. We're now. passionate too about I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Um, but um, lastly, hey, you know, me and Kurt don't take um, any kind of sponsorships for this podcast. You know, this podcast is actually commercial free, which is rare because my favorite podcast on, on, on uh, the interwebs right now is Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah, we've been listening to And it. he has seven minutes of commercials. Yeah. Seven minutes of commercials. So we like to keep, you know, I, I think it's awesome. I think Joe Rogan's successful. He's, I actually want to get on his podcast I think what he has is, is what he what he's doing is really great. Um, really positive dude. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but to keep us commercial free, we we do ha- we have set up two different things. We set up PayPal at info at philcraftsurvival.com. That's PayPal at info i n f o at philcraftsurvival.com. And I set up a Venmo that's at philcraft. Uh, it's at philcraft. 
So if you guys want to donate money to keep this podcast on the air, because really it honestly put every single penny that we get, we're actually flying in a guest soon. We won't uh, name that guest, set guest, but we're also looking at a studio, which is really cool because it's a huge opportunity for us to have breakout podcasts to start interviewing people. And that stuff is expensive. Yeah. Not going to lie. Yeah. I, I just want to, you know, I want to have the ability to, to, to bring other people on the podcast and pick their brain. I, I want mean, your dad on the podcast, man. Yeah, I know. I think that would be really impactful. I got to go to, he's either got to come to us or we got to go to him in North Carolina. Yeah, we'll just make him come to us. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I guess that's it. You got anything? No. Thanks, guys, for listening. We appreciate your support as always. Super humbled, super gracious. Um, stay tuned for more good content. We will always give you good stuff to learn, listen to. Uh, I know that a lot of you are on drives and at work and doing different things like that. Hopefully you're learning something. We're excited about more stuff that's coming up this year. Stay tuned. Lots of good things happening. Yeah, until next time, guys. Stay alert. Stay alive.